I'm so glad that I managed to bulldoze my way onto talking about my favorite, favorite cartoon. It's not bulldozing. In fact, if more people reached out and were like, let's talk about a cartoon, that would significantly reduce our social anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to bully people onto your podcast to talk about cartoons. (laughs) Please, will you talk about cartoons with me? And then they're all like, no. <laughs> little little lost children at the supermarket. <laughs> Have you seen my dad? <laughs> I think he was looking at the yogurt. Long ago in a distant land. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's Saturday morning Tuesdays. I don't know what that was. It's just what came out of my mouth. So welcome to Saturday Don't apologize for it. Just own it and go forward. <laughs> and hey, yeah, it's that it's that uh that adult podcast. If they don't like it, they can listen to something else. <laughs> this is the adult podcast about, well, adult cartoons today. And my name is Andy. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And uh, you know, we've We've lost that. We've lost that snowflake day spirit. Sure as shooting, we've lost it. So we brought on somebody who we know sure as shooting has that spirit. That wonderful clone high spirit. And her name is Allison. Welcome back. Hello. Ooh, that sounds good. We asked her to get a little bit juicy on the microphone, and it sounds very nice now. It took me fifteen episodes. <laughs> no, it's I great. Finally no. got there. She got juicy. We're getting juicy I got tonight. Juiced. I think this is. This is a real, like, uh, you know, sort of NaNoWriMo situation. Like, no rules, just fucking whatever. I don't I don't think we need rules on this one. This is going to be a mess. We love this Look, show. R- what? Look, Patreon voted for this episode. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not going to lie, it's the one we wanted to do. So, uh, <laughs> this has been a long time coming. Clone High has been a love that many of us hold dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just became super relevant. We were scheduled to record this anyway, and as of recording yesterday, the news came out that they are bringing it back. This 18-year-old show uh, is Mm. coming back to MTV, and so what a better time to talk about Clone High than right fucking now. God, I just I'm still I'm still buzzing. Like I'm I'm so fucking stoked. Like I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't get just like unceremoniously canceled for no dumb reason. Like I mean, we'll we'll talk. We can talk about this more. But the original got unceremoniously canceled after one season due to hunger strikes in India. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, <laughs> you know, anything could happen. I think when you when you have this show and we're trying to bring it back. But uh, Rory, you have not seen it, right? This was this is new for you. No, as uh, as as is frequently mentioned when we talk about cable shows, uh, I was mm. uh, I was a poor poor boy for uh for the 90s and uh and early aughts and uh didn't uh didn't really enjoy the cable the cable boom that was going on it was nice yeah well we're trying to <laughs> little sure by little nice to have it sure was nice but we are uh we're little by little trying to fix that you know trying to make amends and uh boy it was fucking sweet <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would have been like to not have cable. Um, so what was I know I I mean I so I watched a little bit of Clone High as it was airing, and then it yes, kind of yes. I never saw it again, and and I was Austin like, what relentlessly was wants points for having seen it when it was on no, television. I'm ju- I'm just trying to use this as a lead-in to talk about your experiences. <laughs> he's the show. he's the point. He's the point anteater for the show, and everybody knows it at this point. We, we don't have to bring it up all. <laughs> Oh, tasty points on this log. <laughs> I assume ants are on a log. I guess that's not. Oh, fuck. No, I'm really down with this anteater character. But yeah. uh, but Allison also, what you all three of you guys have have thus have since then 
now all seen all of the show, right? I'm oh my the, god, I'm yes. the only strange I'm the only strange one in the No, group. this yeah. show is part of our DNA, like as a friend group. Like I remember Andy and I were talking about this just yesterday. We weren't really sure which of us had shown Clone High to another and re- then realized it was a mutual friend who showed it to us both at the same time. Like mm. yeah. this is in this like- is deep this is deep lore. It was like 07 or 08 the first time we watched yeah. it. When we were, I, was, I was, yeah. So I, I so uh, th- this is gonna g- a deep cut for for Doctor Rory. Uh, Will Forte <laughs> is one of my one of one of my faves, and I mm-hmm. think this is pre SNL for him, right? Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, it, I yeah, think it yeah. definitely is. Um, which is so fun. I, I mean, this 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 cast is stacked. Uh, we should talk about it a little bit. We've got uh, it's an MTV animated series. Um. Which already sort of puts it in weird company, but it's uh, it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller and Bill Lawrence, uh, who are the three main people who are responsible. Lord and for Miller, show. the new the new kings of Doctor of Marvel House, yeah, <laughs> Sony <laughs> Sony Marvel, <laughs> and they they are they're incredible. I mean, they before they were in Marvel House, they made the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movie. They did both the twenty one and twenty two Jump Street movies, uh, the Lego Movie, and now of course they're huge for Into the Spider Verse. But like before any of that, they did Clone High, and it's fucking yeah. brilliant. And everything and I, they've done after Clone High, they've made that with references to Clone High in it. Yes, um, it <laughs> oh, is the fun. the er pattern for which all of their incredible, more popular stuff has sort of been cut from. Yeah, I think I audibly <laughs> cheered in uh, in Spider Verse when I saw the Clone College ad in mm-hmm. Times Square. Yeah, uh, uh, or um, the like Spider Man sings. Christmas songs, which Uh if you watch the episodes we'll talk about today, like that was the source of it was JFK singing, you know, jerky balls. Jerky balls. Yeah. Or jerky balls too. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we're talking about it's like it's like a weird uh, uh, child of the casts of Scrubs and Mad TV sort of just like like just writhing together to form this weird cartoon. Because uh, it stars Will Forte, but it does. But but uh, Bill Lawrence was the other producer on the show who was the creator of Scrubs. And it was funny mm-hmm. because apparently the writing staff for Clone High also used to congregate in the hospital where they were shooting Scrubs. And so the like <laughs> abandoned hospital, they would the writing team would gather in the psych ward <laughs> of an abandoned <laughs> hospital. <laughs> And and hash out episodes of Clone High and then just sort of get cast members from Scrubs to come over and record for the show. Man. And so uh, good. that's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh my my personal one of my personal voice voice heroes, uh the the incredibly sultry Nicole Sullivan. Uh mm, who I sh- know from Mad TV in the nineties. Yeah, exactly. From pub from from from, from you know normal broadcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the peasants channels <laughs> from the peasants channels <laughs> but no i mean we, we we watched one episode we watched a couple episodes of kim possible a year a year or so ago on the podcast and uh she's shigo and i i, I still know people who say shigo is like <laughs> their cartoon crush like forever and always mostly because of her voice and she's joan of arc in this and you know Oh yeah. no, no, no! Cole Sullivan's great. She's got a, a little bit of a little smokiness, mm-hmm. a little uh, a little uh, sultriness. She's uh, she's got it all, and like great comedic timing. God, she's so good in the show. So I do want to before we dive right in, I want to mm. also talk about the way the show was canceled and the Gandhi issue. Um, yeah, because um, there, because I guess the the overall concept of the show, if we haven't we haven't stated it yet, is that way back in the nineteen eighties. Uh, secret yeah. secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies and made genetic amusing copies, genetic copies. amusing genetic copies of clones or sexy teens and how they'll make it if they try living there and sharing you know anyway yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 so yeah. they're they're at school and they're all clones and of famous people and one of those clones is gandhi and they made gandhi as a character sort of a wild man and not <laughs> uh much to the way that you know uh he was and and was revered in in other countries and you know that that went over politically poorly. Um, yeah, it's interesting because all, all the characters from the two episodes I've seen uh, and from the intro are are meant to be these sort of um, they're clearly genetic replicants who are not the person they were from, but that's yeah. undercut by giving them the same name. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I have a quote from Bill Lawrence here that is, he said, the only thing I would do with the time machine is have one of the three of us when we were doing Gandhi go, hey, no one here really knows who Gandhi is. He's such an iconic and almost DD level <laughs> person to a certain part of the world. Maybe that should be a different guy if we're going to have him obsessed with dry humping and getting loaded. Lawrence <laughs> says, it might have been in our best interest to have that someone other than Gandhi. But, you know, we were just a bunch of dumb comedy writers. <laughs> My favorite thing that I did not know ahead of time, uh, I did a little bit of, you know, the normal cursory research we do to sort of act like we have a bit of clout on this show. And uh, I found I found this piece of information that was fascinating. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I'm so, so sorry. Did you say act like we have clout? Because we're okay. important. And, uh, <laughs> we are very we're, important. <laughs> we're, we're luminaries. Uh, but no, they they. Uh, they weren't outright immediately canceled after the hunger strike. There was a period of time where there was conversation happening about how Viacom might allow them to continue. And so Lord and Miller pitched two different versions of a second season. And one of them had no Gandhi and no mention of why he was gone. And the second option was that they were going to reveal that Gandhi was actually a clone of Gary Coleman the whole time. <laughs> 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 and Viacom didn't like either of those ideas and they still got canceled. But that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, shit. Anyway, this is a wild, wild goddamn thing. I don't even know how we're going to talk about it, but I think we got to give it a go. So let's dive yeah. right in. Way, way back in the 1980s, secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies and made up. Clone High is so cool. It's such a fun, weird show uh, with with a lot of people who are, you know, comedy icons. And um, I think we just got to jump. We just got to jump into the bones. So uh, here we go. Uh, we watched the first episode we watched was episode two, Election Beloogaloo. Mm. Uh, Cleo discovers. Oh, I should preface this. This is a longie. So if you've got. If you've got if you've got dumps to take or pisses that are you know pressing, take them you know uh, go you go ahead. Uh, Cleo discovers she cannot continue to run for student body president because of term limits, so she convinces JFK to run on her behalf. And when Abe sees that Cleo appreciates leaders, he decides to run as well. The students of Clone High do not care about real issues. And many are infatuated with JFK. Abe employs a corporate sponsor, Extreme Blue, to jazz up his campaign. The only real problem is that Gandhi becomes horribly addicted to this mysterious food product. <laughs> well, I don't... <sighs> How do you do this? How do you... I don't know. How do we talk about it? Well, because this... here's the problem. is because Clone High... At least in my opinion, watching this again, um, the joke per minute, like ratio of like just content to joke and then what actually lands is so high is like it's it's like watching a peak episode of The Simpsons where like every line they say is like has been turned into a meme. And it's like, oh, yeah. right. That and that and that mm -hmm. um, because it just it hits it hits so high so consistently. Yeah, I've seen this episode so many times, and I still found myself catching jokes that I'd missed. Like, yeah, there's there are so few shows that do that. It's just yeah, it's dense. It's like rye bread. It's like a like dark <laughs> Russian bread. It's so filling in comedy. It's meant for mopping up grease. Yes. <laughs> what I want to talk about real fast is the 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 tone of this show is is hilarious just all on its own to me because it is it's designed to be like a full pastiche of those teen dramas like a Dawson's Creek situation. Yeah. Every episode is like the before the, the theme plays and before the last time on they say 
tonight on a very special clone high like like fucking blossom doing like a, a you know, teen pregnancy episode but they do it right. every time mm-hmm. and and like every single one of these episodes kind of has like a morality story going that's like very heavy-handed and you know teen oriented and there's so much teen energy and and all this like angsty music like a lot of the music is done by this band abandoned pools <laughs> oh, who are wonderful just, oh it's just got this uh, this crunchy like <laughs> like teen strung out upset you know like uh-huh. in this like in this episode upset on a pier staring at the sunset mooning like it's got this whole energy that i just fucking love I think it's interesting that usually we compare a lot of the cartoons we watch to other cartoons that came before it or, or that it influenced. And Clone Eye, I think, is interesting because it bears a lot more ties to shows like Blossom or Dawson's Creek um, mm-hmm. than it does like Daria, even though totally. it sort of exists in the same. I don't know. It, it feels like a spiritual distant relative of Daria in a lot of ways, but it it really, I mean, the the thing it's pulling from is really is like Dawson's Creek or something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think Daria also like Daria lives in their their sort of trope world uh, a lot more earnestly, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Daria, Daria, mm-hmm. obviously, she has kind of an outsider's perspective on all this teen bullshit, but she's still living it. And I feel like the perspective on this show is is like definitively outsider. Like we are constantly yes. being given satire. Like this yeah. is this is always a comment on everything we're, that's going we're on. We're a viewer. We're not really meant to relate too hard with any specific <laughs> character. No. Right. And and it kind of gives it more of and I mean it makes sense because a lot of these people are sketch comedy writers. Like it gives it more of a sketch comedy feeling. And especially with the tight writing and the jokes. It's just I don't know. It's it's unique, I think, in adult cartoons until later, right? I mean, like Family mm-hmm. Guy would take this sort of energy in a different direction, but like Yeah. But still. I don't know. There's something about it. There's a there's an X factor. There's an extreme blue. <laughs> there's an earnest love of the genre in this show. Like they clearly love the hell out of like corny ass teen dramas. Sexy and teens. I, I think that's what allows them to both make fun of it so mercilessly at the same time as like roll around in the filth that is those tropes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I love that in the intro uh it it kind of encapsulates the the aesthetic here where uh you can see where they say the clones are sexy teens you see it zooms in on like cleo's rack but then also jfk's like incredible package and his, <laughs> and his butt and that it really it plays the male and female gaze in it like does a, like a like a, a sort of time elapse photo of of armpit hair growing yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, JFK's character design might be one of my favorite aspects of the show. Like their commitment to giving him just like a tight package and just like a real plush booty is so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. He's popping fresh right out of his jeans. Those <laughs> <laughs> chinos. <laughs> uh so so well, main main characters wise, uh we've got we've uh, obviously Abe Lincoln, the clone of Abe Lincoln is the main character played by Will Forte. Uh Joan of Arc is his sort of scene kid friend, emo friend, who's very into him but never says it. Uh, their other best friend is Gandhi, who we've talked about. And then there's JFK, who's like the bully, like the jock bully, and he's dating off and on again Cleopatra, who's like the hot one in school. And Abe wants to be with Cleopatra. And that's like the dynamic that cha- that like shapes every episode. So there's right. a funness to to using the clones that is 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 not it's not in every scene. And I don't think it needs to be by by any stretch. But like, so so uh, Joan of Arc is this sort of like hot alt chick who's super into our our dorky lead, which is a pretty tried and true, mm-hmm. you know, formula for uh, for dudes to get their get their uh, dicks hard to. Sure. Um, but the fun thing is, I, I think that uh, he's not some normal everyday dude. He's also Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I think there's a it's a fun kind of twist on on giving the sort of uh, loser dork way too much credit because this is not just a loser dork. He's a guy who was a loser dork in his teens. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then is also Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> right. He's got the, he's got this weird unearned gravitas. Yeah. Uh, 
it's yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, he's he's maybe I, I don't think any of them are particularly like their uh, their, you know, their clone fathers, right. clone do- clone mothers. But, you know, he has sort of an Abe Lincoln energy in terms of I, like this. I think there's an argument to be made that these very much are the exact same like persons that they were cloned from. I <laughs> yeah, mean, Gandhi was a ruthless womanizer. Gandhi yeah, was a womanizer. <laughs> he was. He was a total horn dog. Cleopatra yeah. like took advantage of her situations. Like mm-hmm. she, she was she is very opportunistic. And JFK, like, was JFK? Like that that character is not a yeah. stretch <laughs> for what yeah, I was not saying. a great person. <laughs> what, what is it he says in one of the episodes we watched today? Like, oh, I thought JFK was a womanizing stud who conquered the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. And they get to play with it. But with the the other angle that they have to play with is the foster parents that each of them has been given to. Uh, and they're so precious because Abe, we don't see Abe's foster parents, but they're like aggressively normal. Um, Joan lives with her foster grandfather, this old Toots. blues man named Toots, voiced by <laughs> Donald Faison. <laughs> and, Truly inspired uh, casting. I love Toots. Uh, JFK has two, like an interracial gay couple as his, uh, foster parents and they're wonderful. Uh, and then and every scene he does call them gay dads. Gay, <laughs> gay dads. Gay it's foster a fun dads. juxtaposition to his kind of trash nature. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because he's so, he's so devoted to his gay dads. He loves <laughs> them. Yeah. yeah. I'm so proud uh, of my boy. Like, they're, they're <laughs> And then Cleo has a single foster mother who is uh, sort of, you know, post several plastic surgeries and always drunk situation, you know, sort of sloppy mess mom. Uh, and she's she's an interesting one. But, you know, sort of gives that uh, sort of tells that that tried and true story of the the the, the absent mother and the, the act out daughter, you know, Cleo Cleo being very. Uh, I mean, I could call it sex positive, except for the fact that she's also really horrible, objectively. <laughs> uh, the main plot of this episode is about uh, the student body election, because Cleo, has re- Cleo, the, the reigning student body president, uh, has hit, up, hit her term limit, which is a silly concept for a, a high school. Uh, but she's she term limits won't let her run again. And so uh, JFK and Abe both sort of vying for her affections are running for student body president. And JFK has a huge head up to huge abolish term limits and yeah. then make her be president again. <laughs> Let's yeah. be clear. Yes, that's an important <laughs> angle on it. Uh, and so most of the most of this episode is is sort of built around uh, the the election and like various debates that they have and like some attack ads that get run. Uh, but the other half, which is what I want to talk about, is that uh, the principal of the school is another major character, Cinnamon J. Scudworth, and <laughs> and his robotic butler, Mister Butlertron, and <laughs> Wesley. They are really there's there's something else, and uh, they they've sort of independently decided that what they need to fund their evil plans for all these clones, which of course we never learn what the plan <laughs> to is, make Claudia Island. You have to make Cloney Island. Uh, they they need two million dollars, and to get two million dollars, they're gonna sell the fuck out and get a corporate sponsor for their high school. <laughs> and, and it's this and it's this sports drink called Extreme Blue, right? Which uh, what's in Extreme Blue? Ooh, what was it? It's 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 pancake it's- batter and blue house paint. That's, yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, and so the radical corporate sponsors for Extreme Blue come in, and they are uh, the main cast of Scrubs. Uh, yeah. it's Sarah Chalk and Zach Braff and uh, Donald Faison, as they all sort of come in and and spout out sort of cool-sounding catchphrases to, to <laughs> seem hip with the youth. They say things like, email! You <laughs> signed this legit-ass contract! That totally initial Article 7. I love I love that so much that 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 like quintessentially like 90s or early 2000s like weird corporate like like the fellow kids thing right like that whole fellow kids meme just so like so try hard it's exhausting but they do it they do it really pitch perfect in this episode. Yeah, along with with their campaign <laughs> with Blushy. Well, well, we'll get to Blushy in a minute. <laughs> well, Blushy, uh, Blushy getting ahead of myself, yeah. but uh, you know what though? This episode made me realize that the relationship. Uh, this is 
I'm so sorry. This is so academic. <laughs> but like the Please. relationship between <laughs> listening between the youths and corporate marketers has changed so radically over like mm. two generations. Like the 90s were about um, teenagers rejecting any kind of corporate involvement as selling out, right? Like the the greatest sin that you could perform as a person was to involve some sort of corporate marketing in your identity or your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's just like yeah. the total opposite of where we're at right now. Like streaming culture and YouTube and influencer culture has totally changed the way that teenagers see brands. Like now brands are a thing that you want to be paying you to do stuff. Like the fact yeah. that you are able to be paid uh, to feature some brands, uh, you know, like product shows that you have clout. You're, you're important now. That mm -hmm. means that people ought to pay attention to you. It's really interesting how, <laughs> how opposite that shift was over these last 20 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that whole equation has gotten so complicated with like all those brand Twitters. Brand Twitter is brand like Twitter. bonkers weird. Wendy's can't share memes. I just, I, I don't know. Am I an old person for thinking Wendy's shouldn't share memes? <laughs> I'm a friend just like you. I just love a great deal on burgers and fresh, never frozen uh, square patties. That's me. I'm just your friend, Wendy. Um, so, so I, 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 it's really hard to share individual jokes from this episode because there are so many per minute that are like all time favorites of mine that I still quote. Oh yeah. Um, and we can't just pull apart the entire episode line by line as much as I want to, but there, the, you know, there's some great lines with JFK is doing his, uh, president speech and he's saying, ask not what your student body president can do for you. Ask what you can do to your student body president's body. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's just he's just making empty promises and detailing his workout routine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so funny. It's so funny because like early on, Abe is trying to play like under Jones advice. Abe is trying to have like an issues based campaign. And JFK is just talking about his body. And Abe comes up there to just like crickets as he talks about like, you know, cook the AP calculus like having a time conflict with AP physics and like, like three people are three cheering people clap. and then yeah. one person in the background goes, I love you, JFK. I love you, JFK. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and as a result of this, he, uh, he's swayed by Gandhi because Gandhi's made friends with the extreme blue mega crew and they want to sponsor his campaign. And so it shifts, it shifts. And now we've got these two, it's maybe like more uncomfortably realistic where we have a campaign between shallow, you know, I'm, I'm hot and sexy versus corporate brand identity. And yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Evil and Abe, Abe is doing like increasingly more dangerous stunts uh, sponsored by Extreme Blue. And they're like CGI avatar Blushy um, in this campaign ad. Wow, Blushy. Maybe I can help slice dog. Blushy, but I'm no match for that game. Snow sharks. Don't worry, bro. Blushy gonna stream it hardcore. Hey, let's go surf the internet. What should we do with all this extreme blue? Spray it in, in your face and slam it. Abe Lincoln for student body president. It's like the most pitch perfect 90s ad ever because it's, you know, it this this blushy mascot is like you know lovingly poorly created in like three D <laughs> graphics, <laughs> and like is trying to help Abe like fend off snow sharks and get babes. At one point, they have the requisite like zoom in on Abe's face as he goes, "No way!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fucking super soaker commercial. It's incredible. Yeah, but by embracing this corporate sponsorship, Joan really loses her faith in 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 Abe and. Uh, causes her to run to JFK to then back his campaign and manage his campaign. Uh, and so then like it becomes a, a, an attack ad battle. Uh, <laughs> and I love, I want to drop the clip for this uh, attack ad for, uh, mm. for Abe. Um, and they, where they talk about, you know, how, how old he is and then like show him eating spaghetti and saying that he... He'd also like you to believe he's not a baby eater. But he's never gone on record saying he isn't. 
Maybe he's too busy eating babies. When's it gonna stop, Abe? Not voting for Abe. It just makes sense. How did JFK get my spaghetti video? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, just love I love that line so much. God, it's one oh. of the most memorable jokes to me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And, don't and know. then following that, the joke per minute thing, it's just like immediately after that, he goes to the thinking doc and they're playing this song that the heart in my mind has been hoping and the mind in my heart has been wishing. <laughs> Oh, oh, it just hits second after second. It's just it's just killing it. It's delicious. Uh, yeah, it, it really is. They uh, they do a, they do a fun. I mean, I, I want to stress it's not just the writing that's good. They also have really good visual gags because that moment is really funny where he we see him walking on this dock and sitting down in the end to brood with this like, uh, you know, overly dramatic music. And then the camera sort of shows us a different angle. And there's another identical dock, like two feet away for no reason that Joan is sitting on. Yeah. And it's really funny to look at. And, <laughs> you know, they, they they hang some they hang a lamppost on it a little bit. Hang a lamppost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. You got sure. it. You, you know how you hang lampposts. You know where you hang mm -hmm. things and what they what they look like when you hang them. Yeah, they they dangle, dangle. They do, they do, they do a dangle, and yeah, it's really I don't know. It's I I, I feel so I feel so trite just constantly being like they did this thing, and it was really funny. Clone is yeah. really funny. <laughs> um, the the big sort of finale of the episode goes to the celebrity panel debate between the two candidates, uh, <sighs> featuring a panel of Marilyn Manson and uh, what was it, Mina Savari. Yeah, and Murray and, T. Wayans. And Murray T. Wayans. And Abe delivers his his big speech explaining that Extreme Blue is mad packed with all nine essential neutromites to fortify your X zone. <laughs> oh. Um. For my rebuttal, I will uh, take, take off my, my shirt. shirt off. <laughs> Uh, but Gandhi's not looking so great because he's been basically eating pancake batter and house paint for the last week or so. And yeah. uh, he, he looks really kind of out of sorts and can, can't can really launch Abe's new new uh, stunt that he's trying to pull. Um, and that causes him to Gandhi to like pass out and Marilyn Manson, thankfully, is a doctor. And so he, he gives a, uh, a qualified uh, analysis of the situation. But there's just one thing I don't understand, Dr. Manson. How does a growing boy like me eat a healthy, balanced diet? Well, Ganya, I'll tell you. The only way I know how. The ancient pharaohs were not too bright, they say. But they made one contribution that I live by to this day. It's the food pyramid, and it's approved by the USDA. I couldn't, I couldn't remember based on the timing of this whether the food pyramid was supposed to be ironic or just fun for the sake of Marilyn Manson doing it. Right, I wasn't sure either because I know they got rid of it at some point. Yeah, I think it was still legit at the time. Yeah, because eating because ten eating ten potatoes a day is a <laughs> wild. It's a fucking it, wild recommendation. If you catch it though, they do give a couple of like knowing winks to the fact that parts of the food pyramid are bullshit. Like when they get to the dairy part, they mention yeah. like three servings of yogurt, milk, and cheese will help your bones and subsidize the cattle industries. Like, <laughs> also, also worth calling out that Marilyn Manson, like, in a moment of, of uh, very good insight, recognizes that um, this ploy of Extreme Blue uh, was created by racist breakfast food companies uh, yeah. to find uh. a way to, to, uh, to, to uh, move their product. So, yeah, good, well, he, good on Marilyn he Manson. Specifically, <laughs> he specifically said the racist mammy breakfast Oof. foods, which, which, yeah. just, which Aunt Jemima literally just decided to do something about it yeah like this month yeah. almost 20 years and later 20, yeah. almost 20, 20 years, years later, later after they 
got called out in 2002 about it, <laughs> where a lot of people were like, you know, we realize now that the times are now, and we realize Marilyn that Manson things are changing. Marilyn Manson was right. He was. <laughs> yeah. This, this has always been objectionable. Um, worth, worth noting, this is MTV, so Marilyn Manson is voiced by Marilyn Manson. Like, they, right, they had right. the ability to just get these people in. Next episode, we have Mandy Moore, and it's actually Mandy Moore. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is fun. But is it? Yeah. You get Marilyn Manson <laughs> to sing a song about the food pyramid. <laughs> and Marilyn Manson, man, regardless where he landed on his music, is consistently pretty fucking dope. Yeah. Whenever, whenever yeah. he's called to action. Yeah. <laughs> Notorious good sport, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real, uh, I guess the, the the last sort of important goof that happens is uh, is after after all this this food pyramid stuff, and uh, they they re, you know they realize that Extreme Blue is just pancake batter and blue house paint. Uh, the mega crew fucking bail, uh, taking all their money and bling that they'd given Scudworth and and uh, and Butlertron with them. Seems and deeply illegal, but uh, yeah, it yeah. does seem illegal. But they do it. They bail. They do and, it, and. Uh, and Joan sort of makes an impassioned plea on behalf of Abe, who, you know, has sort of uh, stood up for his values finally. And she's like, isn't that what we really want from a president? And everyone applauds. And uh, we finally see the the actual way that they're going to vote for student body president. And it's this applause meter which is great. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. The official uh, form of voting at Clone High. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, on a fun twist, none of them actually become the president because this random stray dog wanders onto the stage and they all applaud the hardest for the dog. So now the dog's president. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish they brought that dog back. I don't I don't remember if they do or don't, but it feels like they didn't. Yeah. Well, they would have been able to if they got more than one season, but <sighs> that's just how it goes. Um, the the episode is capped off with Will Forte's narration saying, So set your VCRs for stun, because you will be. Oh, you will be. <laughs> because, <laughs> and I just, I, I love the, the way that doesn't quite make sense. And you're just kind of left like, wait, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so... I don't know. It's so unique. This the flavor of this show. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to say I've seen everything, and I don't think that there's anything like this show. I mean, I, I, could, I, I'm no, sure. Say it. Say you've seen everything, and there's nothing like this show. I've seen everything that there is to see, and I legitimately think nothing is like Clone High, even in the slightest. Good. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I'm a hot take machine. Uh. How do we how do we feel about this first one? This is this is like well, I mean it's not the first. It's episode. fun. It's fun. It's yeah. good. I think it's great. It's good. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you think the same, Rory. Yeah, yeah. As as a newbie to this, it's really good to hear your opinion. Hmm. One is a lover <laughs> of comedy and a writer of comedy, you know, who's also likewise seen everything. <laughs> right. right. Naturally. Naturally. And Rory, you know that like you can voice a, a dissenting opinion if you want to, but know that you know. You can you can say it off the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I've got some sand for you to pound if you decide that you need to. I've got a paddle just like ready to go for hazing. I'm going to haze you. Oh, I see. There's nothing wrong with fraternities. Everything about them is great. <laughs> Hey, Austin. Yeah, Rory. Yeah, it's time for us to do one of our do one of our great, uh, you know, uh, yeah, introduce a sponsor for for our listeners that it, you know we support them and and they support us uh-huh. and everybody everybody kind of gets a little bit of a little bit what they want out of the out of the whole thing. So everybody this week, gets a little pepper on their plate. <laughs> yeah. This week uh, we are brought we are brought to you the listener uh, by uh, Norman and the Horse. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to. I want a really, really big thanks to Norman and the Horse for, for being our sponsor today. Um, so Norman and the Horse is a um, a, a service that is brought to you from the backwoods of sort of upcountry Ireland, mm, and sort of from there. They're sort of from there, you know. Um, and so Norman and the Horse is a very sort of small business that is trying to scale up right now. 
and they're they're very sort of low staffed right now but they're kind of trying to like you know you've seen like shark tank or mm, yeah you know a pitch a pitch style sort of like hey listen up sharks like here's my pitch um so norman and the horse is a service and they they're here to help yeah yeah um, that's, um, that's sort of, uh-huh that well that's uh, good good <laughs> it must have been a good pitch because they're here to help norman and the horse that's what they're here so... to do are they vigilante heroes? No, no, no. That... it's a man named Norman and his horse. Okay. And you just beseech uh, and... them for help? Right. Well, he makes himself available. Sure. Is is the the whole getup is is that he is here to to help. He doesn't he can't get very far uh right now cuz you know, he's 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 got a horse. Um so sure. he doesn't have a car. Um so <laughs> But they just sort of they'll they'll be coming around and you'd be like, hey, I, I need this thing done, and they're like, yeah, sure, we can do that for you. Uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> now was so, that Norman or was that the horse you did? Well, uh, you'll have to find out, I guess, if you hire him. But uh, yeah, so so that's right now where they're at. They're looking for for some big sort of they're looking for capital, right? They're looking mm. for some big sort of venture VC angel investors. Uh, to come in and try to like spruce up their their operation and sort of get them get them more of what they're looking for. So we we're just trying to spread the word. Uh, you two can sort of contribute and sort of get their business out there. They're not taking clients right now, so this oh. isn't so you this isn't no, no no you don't understand. This isn't so that you can get help from Norman and the horse necessarily. Oh, you, this is so that you can you invest fund in the idea their, of you're Norman investing in the folks. idea of Norman and the horse so they can sort of. <laughs> increase their range to more of the Ireland area or I, or so. Got it. Okay, so this won't in any way benefit me. Like, I won't be able to have the horse show up and help me with my math homework. Well, you'll be, you know, you'll you'll be on the ground floor, you know, of this investment. So you might see a return. I don't expect you to understand the intricacies of venture capital fundraising. So in this, no, no. In this round of funding, they're looking for $1.8 million. Um, which isn't a lot right now, but it's sort of no. going to help them get started. So, I mean, when you think about the horse fees. Right. Yeah. And I'm personally pledging 200K from my own uh, brokerage firm. Wow. Uh, yeah. Because I've been seeding a lot of small investors. So so right now, yeah, I'm, I'm pledging, but uh, I'm going to definitely need to see some return pretty soon. Because I'm broke. <laughs> 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 and Norman has not been very helpful. <laughs> It no, you so far turns away. Out horse can't. futures aren't really the great place to put your money. <laughs> it's these damn horse fees. <laughs> I'm aggressively uh, lobbying the Irish government to reduce their horse fees. <laughs> so, uh, if you can help us all out and help and let help Norman and the horse help you. <laughs> Love it. But not you, like, you know, you in general, but like other people in his area, in his neighborhood generally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, Norman's made it very clear he's not willing to go that far. <laughs> Correct. Oh, Lance, this music sure is putting me in the mood. Of course it is. It's JFK sings the er uh, uh, snowflake day hits. Away in a taco, no spice for my lamb. Snowflake, 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 I made you out of snow. You guys, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and that time of the year is snowflake day. We are back with Zara's second and sadly final Clone High episode we're talking about today. Um, it's episode 11, Snowflake Day, a very special holiday episode. And here is that synopsis. It's the politically correct Snowflake Day season, and everyone is in the holiday spirit, except for Joan, who is against the commercialism of the made-up holiday. But a homeless urchin who may or may not be pop sensation Mandy Moore teaches Joan an important lesson. Meanwhile, Abe and Gandhi attempt to invent and market an interesting device— so that Abe will have money to buy Cleo an expensive Snowflake Day gift. Um, oh, man. So I, I picked this episode. a lot on the table episode. in that summary. I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, it's true. Um, I picked this episode because it's one of my favorites. And I think it was the episode that really made me, that took Clone High just kind of into the stratosphere for me as far as just like <laughs> things that just really vibe 
with me a lot. <laughs> and most of that is the incredibly archaic and incredibly funny lore for Snowflake Day that they, <laughs> that they run with the running gag of this episode. And it's set up, uh, with Snowflake Day as a non, non offensive, all inclusive winter holiday. And while that could feel like it's taking cheap shots at like, oh, the liberals want everything to be politically correct, can't say Merry Christmas anymore. What mm-hmm. what it really is, is just this like jumping board for weird jokes about what things are <laughs> snowflake day or not. And yes. that everybody's been doing this for years, right? It's just sort of like, it's well, so normal to everybody in this world. They that. they talk about it they talk about it in two ways which is it's it's funny that they don't bother trying to reconcile them one is that we hear in Scudworth's narration at the beginning he says like oh it's only been a year since the the United Nations abolished religious holidays in favor of Snowflake Day but it seems like they've been celebrating it since they were kids as well yeah everybody's like every <laughs> right. year I, I do this Snowflake Day tradition every year and everyone's like oh yes here comes Snowflake Jake within his pirate ship to like give us <laughs> lamb tacos and spices upon spices it just it finds such a smart satire angle though because like you said it's not like a, oh like I can't say Merry Christmas anymore instead it's recognizing that everyone comes up with these weird very personal to your family bullshit traditions for Christmas <laughs> that don't make any sense and this was like uh-huh. a firm 15 years before Elf on the Shelf. Like this, yeah. it, it just kind of like recognizes that we all come up with like these really fucking dumb and extremely uh-huh. specific uh, traditions <laughs> to a holiday that already has plenty right. of traditions and does not need anymore. Let's pick weird artifice that everybody can celebrate. And exactly. then we'll just focus on what it really means, which is being together with the people you love on a holiday. Right, yeah. um, right. There is there is one sort of like deference to the like, you know, the other the angle that could be kind of like, uh, which is later later they have, uh, you know, that sort of claymation style from the oh those those classic (laughs) shorts right they do yes, a really the rankin good bass, uh, yeah they do uh, a really Frosty good the rankin bass send up uh claymation thing and uh <laughs> snowflake jake is making santa dreidelstein and king kwanza dreidelstein <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> And they're they're standing there on the plank and they all have realized their wrongdoing and they say, Jake, don't kill us. We realize that the harmless celebration of our religions is oppressive. Dreidelstein, sorry. Gimmel. Your way is right and our way is wrong. (laughs) Gimmel. (laughs) Gimmel. Fucking Dreidelstein is amazing. It should be a real part. Oh my God. I love Dreidelstein. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, the thing with this episode, there, I guess there's kind of a plot, but it's really mostly just, it's just jokes. It's, it's just gags. Wall, it's gags. It's just nonstop gags happening. Um, and with featuring Mandy Moore. Um, yeah. Because Joan It's a fun is, through line. Yeah. Joan is, is fed up. Uh, with the whole commercialism of it. And she, you know, runs away to a dumpster where she comes across a sexy, <laughs> sexy dumpster teen, uh, as they describe Which her. sounds like something you would come up with. It really to say. is. It but that's what they literally <laughs> say in the show. They call her a yeah. sexy dumpster teen. <laughs> yeah. And she's, yeah. Got this, she's got this top that's like clearly just ragged, but like ragged in the way that it's, you know, exposing more of her cleavage. Like a like a pulp cave woman. Yeah. God. And like she's got one of those, uh, you know, Britney Spears style. Well, and Mandy Moore style, like ear like mics for the coming, headset mics. Yeah. Like the headset mic yeah. style thing coming from her ear. And at one point she's like, oh, this mic, it doesn't even work. Hey, are you Mandy Moore? Me? No. <laughs> this mic doesn't even work. So you're just an incredibly hot homeless person? You'd be surprised at how many ab machines you find in dumpsters. Plus, I have a trainer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joan is like throwing away a bucket of chum into the dumpster. <laughs> and Mandy Moore's like, hey, I could use that chum. It's uh, <laughs> saying uh, my favorite line that she says is that like, Lucky kids with their spices. I have to eat the salt they sprinkle on the roads when the ice freezes. well that's because because one of the the central tenets of snowflake day is that snowflake jake is gonna fill your care satchel with spices upon spices 
Uh, and so you're going to get spices for Snowflake Day. And like there's a there's like a Snowflake Jake at the mall and there's a shitty kid sitting in his lap, like being like, you better give me cumin this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's something amazing about a kid who wants cumin. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a a spot that I do want to I want to clip drop of when um, Joan is getting mad at this mall snowflake Jake because mm. uh, she has to work for him as like a Santa's elf kind of situation, but she's like a pirate <laughs> deck swabby of some kind, <laughs> yeah. and uh, she gets mad and. Um, she calls him a nasty crap eating monkey, <laughs> which is great. And then somebody in the crowd says, uh, tell you what spice she's got. Sassafras. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So funny. God. So, so Joan's got this whole like, I've lost the spirit of Snowflake Day plot. Uh, where she's like trying to to sabotage everything at at Cleo's. She's gonna Grinch uh, it. She's gonna get, be the Grinch of Snowflake Day. Yeah, right. and so she she's gonna sabotage a bunch of things at this party that's happening that all the kids are going to. Uh, but parallel to this, we find out that uh, that Cleo really really wants an expensive gift from Abe uh, because money is what she's interested in. She wants him to spend a lot of money on her. And uh, so he and Gandhi uh, do the Christian thing and get jobs. Um, <laughs> and, and Gandhi's like, uh, he's like, right on. Both Bill Gates and Will Smith have jobs and they're millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty fu- it's a pretty fun line. And, then, and they go get jobs. They're working like as a I think Gandhi's like a waiter and Abe is a dishwasher at a TGI Chili's. Uh-huh. And, and and Gandhi hates his job, and he walks into the back room, and he goes, "This blows! I don't know how Will Smith and Bill Gates do this." <laughs> well, and then there's a moment where uh, a glass breaks, and the the manager, who's Napoleon, uh, yells out Abe for breaking glass. He says, "We eat our mistakes here," and then he makes him pick up the the glass and just chew on the glass and eat it. Um, and yeah, glass is that, funny. It, it is though. It's great. Which is, oh uh, God, Rory, you just did that in a recent episode. Holy crap! I know, but that was yeah, the you, Simpsons reference that I didn't tell you about. Okay, you didn't tell me about that. <laughs> I didn't make actually, that up. I didn't make God, up glass eaters. The Rosetta Stone That's, to most of Rory's humor is <laughs> remembering, remembering, knowing that we've forgotten a lot of Simpsons. Simpsons. <laughs> uh, but the, it starts like this kind of repeating thing where we get to watch uh, Abe's mouth just viscerally ripped apart by various sharp implements like five it's times so in this gross. episode. It's so yeah. gross. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's so it's actually it's it's wonderful the way they animate like him chewing on this glass. <laughs> he eats this glass and like instantly like shards just push out through his cheeks. Or when he talks later and his cheek flaps around <laughs> so you can see oh, all of nasty. his molars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that oh. scene in Pan's Labyrinth, you know the one. Yeah. Oh, um, God. um another running ja- a joke that I really love um is the uh snipers for the greeting card industry. Yeah. Um, they they get all of like one throwaway line mentioning uh that you know the greeting card industry just invented all these holidays and there's a very quick cut to two snipers in the building across the street. I can take her out right now. <laughs> And every now and then throughout the episode, whenever Joan goes on a tirade against the holiday, a bullet will just whiz by her and no one will remark about it. <laughs> this really happens good. like three or four times in the episode. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's um, fun to comment on just like the abs- the abject incompetence of the police, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. While, while working at, in the kitchen, they accidentally invent the nork, which is a knife and a fork combined together which they had sort of remarked about like oh i gotta go back for a knife and then they need a fork Ah, oh, i wish these two things could work together and and then they go into business creating the nork and it needs work like it needs this like incredible amount of complex like gas powered ball bearing shifting like yeah. adjusting everything just to the, use because the first time the first thing they try is they just atta- essentially attach a knife to the side of a fork and abe Abe uses it and immediately cuts his cheek fully open again. And he's not screaming this time. He's just calmly like, well, you know, I seem to have found a problem with this. (laughs) The knife end is cut open my cheek. 
Yeah. And so they, yeah, they fully over-engineer it until it turns into this giant, like, Ghostbusters proton pack coal-powered monstrosity. <laughs> uh, yeah. And- which they... They they try to sell to people at the mall in like a Pirelli's Miracle Elixir kind of like wagon <laughs> that they're selling the Nork out of. Oh my god! That when that when when that fully realized Nork uh, backfires and and just dives its way into Abe's face, and Abe flies <laughs> off screen, and this cascade of blood just comes from off screen, uncovers Gandhi, and he's yelling like, "It's inside me now." <laughs> i've seen this episode like five times at least and i still lose it every time (laughs) pain is funny so the third it's not really a even the c plot it's just a few other gags but it's jfk's holiday album uh jfk's snowflake album that we see a few scenes from yeah his his gay foster dads are like producing him i didn't quite get the connective tissue but I, yeah, so he just, for no other reason than it's fun, is doing a, a Snowflake album, right? It's just tradition for him, I guess. I don't okay, know. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know if there's I, anything deeper to the I, joke. I missed the, well, no, 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 no. I, it, it is funny. I just missed the thread a little bit on why he was doing it. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if it's explained or not. It's not. Not at all. Yeah, no, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just, we just have to drop a clip of him singing. Jerky balls, jerky balls, jerky beef. Jerky balls, tasty balls, balls of meat, jerked so sweet. Jerky balls. Yeah, his collection of songs such as Away in a Taco, Jerky Balls, Jerky Balls 2, Jerky Ball Rock, or A Little Slice of Honey Ham. Um, <laughs> just sort of all the different kind of spiced meats that are traditional, <laughs> traditionally sung about during Snowflake Day. Or, or and a Jeff Foxworthy Redneck Snowflake Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So, so basically, Abe realizes that since the Nork fails, he just has to get... Cleo something from the bottom of his heart and make her something sincere. So he oh. he goes into for the like the macaroni homemade uh <laughs> like a great a love school coupon art project. Book. Yeah, a love coupon book for her. Um that, you know, of course she doesn't appreciate because she wanted something really expensive. She couldn't be more clear on that. There there is a funness to the fact that she's like, hey, you know, you didn't tell me what you wanted, but I was pretty explicit. Yeah. <laughs> I said I, I wanted you, you to spend I, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it, it's right. shallow, but it's funny that... that uh, she's always up front. Yeah, mm-hmm. that she's completely clear with her expectations. If right. anyone's looking for a fandom present, uh, my sophomore college roommate definitely made me my own macaroni Cleopatra head for my birthday. Oh. Oh. So this is something you can make for you and the ones that you love. And if they love Clone High, you'll know they're good people who deserve kind presents. So damn you right, make one of these. Yeah, it's a good co- it's a good COVID craft. There's a fun <laughs> there's a fun irony in a handmade Cleo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and the, the turn on this is that what Cleo's gotten Abe is the discarded Nork that he threw in a dumpster after it all failed and cut him to bits. Uh, and and so he's yeah. pissed at her and she's pissed at him. And in busts Joan, who has recently had sort of a, an awakening to the Snowflake Day spirit, thanks to Mandy Moore and her various homeless friends, which is a it's an odd little thing. I think uh, she they they like they come in. What are, what are they even doing? Like like people seem immediately weirded out. Joan's house had burned down and they're living in what remains of her house. Mm-hmm. Um. And talking about yeah, just that sort of general holiday, like, hey, you know, it's about being with the people you love. It doesn't matter. And she's like, I didn't know poor people could have fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so they all they all join Joan at this party and try to avoid all of the things that she has sabotaged, put razor blades in the in the. Oh, God, like, that's right. Because Abe, Abe's and, mouth gets yeah. cut open again when he goes over to eat some of the little bite sized wieners and there's razor blades <laughs> in them. JFK yeah. also drinks the punch that Joan peed in for the record. 
And yeah. is, is a, was a pretty big fan of the punch. Yeah, it's a, a fun background line of him being like, this oh, yeah. punch is amazing. <laughs> oh, also other favorite random background fact. Uh, Cleo's left boob is named Poncho, apparently. So yeah, that's true. my new, that's well, my new my, yeah. I, I assumed mm-hmm. that that was Abe's nickname for it, but, and not her official naming, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's either a, way it's funny. Maybe that's a masculine interpretation What's of the What's the scene? right boob? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would guess it would be a raincoat. Mm. Raincoat and poncho, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> ah! uh, there's another running gag in this episode that's another snowflake day tradition is to cabbage patch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to do the cabbage patch with the people you love. So, you know, when Mandy Moore comes in, she sort of gets everybody to, to cabbage patch uh, in that in that tradition, in the snowflake way. Yeah. And while everybody's doing that, they think, oh, where'd she go? Wow, maybe she was an angel. And then it cuts over and sees her and all of her friends are stealing their television and, and raiding the house for valuables as they drive <laughs> off in a, in a janky van. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, just, uh, you know, we still have no concrete answers on whether... Whether Mandy Moore was an angel. Uh-huh. It reminds me of, and this is, this is, this is going to be kind of blasé for me, but um, there's an episode of King of the Hill where... Mm. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's a it's a Christmas episode with Jimmy Carter, and they kind of play on the fact that his initials are JC. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, even in the credits of this episode, it lists Mandy Moore as herself with a question mark. <laughs> they can't even. They refuse to define it in the credits too. Uh, which is great. Um. Yeah, no, I, I I love this episode. It's just it's beautiful, it's just bananas from start to finish, and has gone a really long way in defining my style of humor mm-hmm. uh, for uh, several decades. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming along with us on this little fun one. I, I the energy the energy is just so mirthful because I I'm still riding the high of finding out this show got you know renewed for second season reimagining question mark dot 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 who knows but the same creative team is going to be there so i'm just still so jazzed and i'm glad we got a chance to watch it thank you patrons i think it'd be pretty cool if they if they pretend that it has been on this whole time and call it the 21st season (laughs) 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 yeah uh well you should you should explain how the first season ends because it did end on a huge cliffhanger Oh God, that's right. Uh, they have they have a prom. So the first the first season ends with prom. the The question of whether or not Abe is actually secretly, uh, you know, unknowingly into Joan as well, uh, and he finds out that she's into her maybe, and like he's going with Cleo to the prom, but like, oh my gosh, who's he gonna pick? And uh, as there's like this climactic moment in the in the meat locker, because that's like their that, that's the theme for the prom is a magical night mm-hmm. at the meat locker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's this climactic moment where he walks in on uh, on JFK and Joan having like fucked and like. She's like, oh, no, because she thought Abe wasn't wasn't going to get with her. And Abe is like, wait, no. And in this moment of everybody finding out all this crazy shit, uh, Scudworth turns on the flash freezer and they all get frozen and in, 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 like frozen solid into ice cubes. Uh, yeah, shit. So so in a way, they could act like time has passed, but just thaw everybody. <laughs> right. I hope so. Yeah. So. Like, I don't know. It's. It, there's so many possible ways. I don't know what they're going to end up doing. I don't know if like what voice actors they're going to get back, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm so ready to find out. I know it's going to be so a couple excited. years. Yeah. As, yeah. Now, as like one of four people who ship Joan and JFK <laughs> in the world. Uh, <laughs> who ships Joan and JFK? Okay. Oh yeah. my god, I I'm just over. Yeah, you got to watch the whole show to see to see why. There's they have some fun well, moments. Yeah, so I can get the fact that like in general, right? If mm-hmm. it, especially. Uh, you, uh, two of you have mentioned Dawson's Creek, which I have watched. Ooh. Uh, uh, and and I get the reaction to to putting, uh, you know, Joan and not Abe together. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, Abe yeah. sucks. <laughs> you can do better, Joan. Oh, God. I have such a hard time admitting that because Will Forte is my is my is my sweetie oh he's yeah. a, he's oh, a sweet he does sugar a great pie job. for sure no abe <laughs> sucks though it's it's great i love this show 
Joan! Joan! <laughs> Joan! God, there's, this is the most, this may be one of the most quotable shows I've ever watched. And if yeah. we had. I think it we, is the show we quote the most among our, our friend group. I, th- I think that's probably true. It's just, I don't know. Allison, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, Allison. It was very nice to have you. I love all of you almost as much as I love Clone High. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me. Oh, that's, that's, all that's I can ask high for. praise. Yeah, that's absolutely. Lot. That's a lot. That's and a lot. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks to our patrons. Uh, be sure to check out our Patreon if you yeah. would also like to vote for new specials for us to do. Yeah, we should have uh, a, a poll live right now. Uh, the next year that you're choosing a show from is 1987. So you can go uh, become at least a one dollar patron and have your input heard, and maybe we'll yeah, watch we some fun ones. Maybe we'll one. watch that Alf cartoon or something. Eighty seven, such a hot year. We had to cut so many things that we yeah. already watched or want to watch. We're left with kind of a weird list, but it's it's inter- a- <laughs> it's, it's interesting for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you get to help us pick a nineteen eighty seven deep cut. <laughs> so anyway thanks for listening uh go watch clone high literally it's not hard find it on the internet somewhere it's easy there's only 12 episodes do your life a favor thank you so much <laughs> we'll see you next tuesday